Today on episode 126 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, last week we talked about how you shouldn't share your Wi-Fi signal with your neighbor. Well, this past week I got a few emails from people asking about, what about the other way around? In other words, if you're using your neighbor's Wi-Fi signal, is your computer at risk? So today we'll talk about what you should do to keep your computer safe when you're on a network other than your own. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Welcome back, fellow computer users. This is The Computer Tutor Podcast, and I'm your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Now, if you're new to the show, this is where we talk about all kinds of cool computer stuff, but you're not going to feel like you're at a geek convention. And it's not always just computer tricks. Sometimes it's important stuff like security, like today. And if your computer has a problem, I'd love to fix it for you. I can probably fix it remotely, so you don't even have to bring it into a shop. Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 126. So let's get started. As you probably recall, last week we talked about if your neighbor offered to pay half of your internet bill and you would just allow him and the other people in his house to use your Wi-Fi signal instead of getting their own account. And we talked about several reasons why that would be a bad plan. But what if it's the other way around? This week some of my podcast listeners contacted me saying, Scott, you got me to thinking. I've got this arrangement with my neighbor already, but I'm the one that's paying him, and I'm using his Wi-Fi signal to go online. Is my computer at risk by doing this? And that's a great question. And of course, I immediately knew this would be the topic for this week as a great follow-up to last week's episode. In the previous scenario, a lot of the risk you were taking was because you were sharing your router and you are the only one held accountable for what happens on that Wi-Fi signal and that IP address. But when the router being used is your neighbor's, you don't really have that risk. He does. The risk you now have to think about is how safe is your computer when it's on your neighbor's network? Can he see your files and folders? Your neighbor might be a good guy, but if his evil hacker nephew came over and had some technical skills, could he get into your computer and see your passwords or read your emails? That's the kind of thing we obviously don't want to have happen. Well, here's how we handle this. There are certain things you want to do whenever you're using your computer on a Wi-Fi signal other than your own. A good example of this is when you take your laptop somewhere and connect to a public Wi-Fi signal, like in Starbucks or in an airport. So I'm going to give you five things that you should do to protect your computer when you're connected to your neighbor's Wi-Fi or when you're connected at McDonald's or any other public Wi-Fi spot. Number one is don't have your computer connect to the public Wi-Fi signal automatically. Now I'll admit I'm guilty of this one myself. I might go online at Panera Bread one day, and then a few weeks later, I go back in Panera, and before I know it, my laptop has remembered that Wi-Fi signal and connected to it automatically. And you really don't want this to happen. 
Your computer should never be online without you knowing it. The first time you connect to a Wi-Fi signal, there's usually a checkbox there that says connect automatically. Just don't check that box. You don't want your computer to remember any Wi-Fi networks. Just connect manually when you want to go online. Number two is to use two-factor authentication. Now, this is actually a good safety feature, even when you're not connecting to your neighbor or to a public Wi-Fi. Here's how this works. For, now, for this example, I'll use Gmail because they are one of the email services that offer two-factor authentication. When you log into your Gmail account by typing in your password, that's just single-factor authentication. And that single factor, of course, is your password. That's the one thing you need to know in order to get into your Gmail email account. Of course, that means if a hacker wants to get into your email, then he only needs to know that one thing, your password. Two-factor authentication, or it's also sometimes called two-step verification, adds a great layer of security to logging in. When that's in place, you enter your password, and if it's correct, Google sends you a message with a code that you'll need to enter in order to access your email. They send that code to your phone, and it can be a text message, it can be a regular phone call, or it can be on a mobile app that you have installed on your phone. This means that even if someone guesses your password, they still won't be able to access your email unless they also have access to your phone to get that second code to put in. Now, it might sound like a hassle, but it's really not. You do it once for your computer, and then you can tell Google just to trust your computer. After all, if a hacker's trying to get into your Gmail account, he's most likely going to be trying it from like some internet cafe in Russia or somewhere. And since he doesn't have access to your phone, he won't be able to get in. Number three is turn off sharing. Now, this is a big thing. In order to make sure the private files and folders on your computer stay private. If you were just on your own network at home, you might want to have sharing turned on because maybe you want your family members to be able to access certain documents on your computer sometimes, but on a public Wi-Fi, or if you're using your neighbor's Wi-Fi, you don't want to share those personal files. So you need to just go to Control Panel and open the Network and Sharing Center, and then click on Advanced Sharing Settings. When you see the options listed there, you just want to turn off Network Discovery, File and Printer Sharing, and Public Folder Sharing. Now, I've got these all illustrated on my website with screenshots and everything. You can see that at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 126. I've actually heard about this being done as a prank. Like if someone in your neighborhood for some reason has no password on their Wi-Fi, you can connect to their Wi-Fi signal and be on their network, and they most likely will have no idea. And if they have printer sharing turned on, you can actually have something print from their printer. Now, think about that. How creepy would that be to be sitting in your home some evening, not even using your computer, and suddenly your printer prints something? Like it might print a notice from the homeowners association telling you that, you're, that you need to cut your grass. You know, the possibilities here are endless. Not that I would do anything like that, of course, but just hypothetically, it seems like something that someone might like to do to have a little anonymous fun with the neighbors. And that's just one reason you definitely want to make sure your Wi-Fi is password protected and that the password is not one that's easily guessed. 
All right, the fourth thing you want to do when you connect to a public Wi-Fi signal is to make sure you know the name of the network that you think you're connecting to. For example, you might be in some little coffee shop and you want to get on Facebook for a few minutes, so you boot up the old laptop and check for the available signals. And you see one that says, Coffee Shop Guest, and it's not password protected, so you jump right on. Bad idea. That Wi-Fi signal you just logged into might actually be the coffee shop where you're sitting, but it just might be that one of the other people sitting nearby has a Wi-Fi hotspot that's putting out a Wi-Fi signal, and he named it Coffee Shop Guest, and he's hoping that someone like you will just sign into it without verifying anything so he can snoop around on your computer. Well, don't fall for it. Just check with the local business or wherever you happen to be to make sure that the network you're about to log into is the actual business network. And finally, number five is you might consider using a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And I could probably do a full episode on what a VPN actually is and how they work, but I'm not going to get into all those technicalities today. In a nutshell, to use a VPN, you need to sign up with a VPN service first. There's some that are free and some you have to pay for, depending on the various features and how much you'll use it. And once you have your account, you can run a piece of software on your computer. It's going to ask you to log in with your username and password. And then once you're logged in, you can consider your computer's communication secure. So if you go and log into your PayPal account, the information you send to PayPal and the information that PayPal sends to you is all encrypted so that no one can intercept it and read it. Now at the moment, the average computer user probably has never even heard of a VPN, but I'm guessing at some point in the future, VPNs are going to be very widely known and pretty commonly used. I mean, if you think about it, just 15 years ago, most people didn't even feel that an antivirus program was necessary. And today you wouldn't even think about using a computer without having one. I think VPNs are probably going to evolve the same way. So if you do those five things, you're probably going to be pretty safe, whether you're logged into your neighbor's Wi-Fi signal or if you're using a public Wi-Fi, like in an airport or someplace like that. And of course, it kind of goes without saying, you should do all the other common sense stuff like have a good antivirus program, use strong and unique passwords whenever you set up an account, and never click on a link unless you absolutely know where it's going to take you. So if you have a VPN service that you like, or if you have a comment about logging into the internet by using your neighbor's Wi-Fi signal, I'd like to hear about it. Just call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468 and leave a message. Or you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that'll do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. 
Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.